Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Julie Gorecki, an ecological feminist activist, scholar and writer. Miriam Bahafu and I co-authored the introduction to the second edition and first English translation of the 1974 book Feminism or Death by French feminist activist and eco-feminist Françoise Dubon. This book will be out with Verso uh, Books in March 2022. I'm the host of today's episode of Climate Crisis, Time for a New Society, a podcast collaboration between the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation and Verso Books. We are here in a very sunny and wonderful Lisbon today at the International Eco-Socialist Encounters Gathering. It's happening this weekend between the 21st and the 23rd of January, 2022. This three-day public meeting is organized by Climaximo, a Portuguese climate justice grassroots group formed in 2014, which has congregated eco-socialists, eco-feminists, peasants, and trade unionists, amongst others, in Lisbon this weekend. Numerous political organizations and activist movements are here organizing to collectively imagine and set in motion an eco-socialist system change as a remedy to climate catastrophe. This episode focuses on how ecofeminism is foundational to such a system's change. Ecofeminism is a feminist theory and activist movement. It argues that the widespread subordination of women is inseparably linked to the devastating exploitation of the natural environment. Françoise Dubon argued that an interlinked historical oppression of women and the environment are at the root of both the environmental crisis and women's widespread systemic domination that the environment, in fact, the environmental crisis itself, is a result of women's exploitation in some way. For Dubon, the remedy to this crisis is ecofeminism. Feminism or Death being the book in which the term ecofeminism is published for the first time. Into the 1980s and 90s, ecofeminism developed as an activist theory and a vast field with several branches, including spiritual, cultural, and even, well, liberal ecofeminism. However, here at the International Eco-Socialist Encounters Gathering, we are interested in expanding on what some have called a socialist ecofeminism. Central authors of socialist ecofeminism include Vandana Shiva, Diller Durek, Maria Mize, Carolyn Merchant, Ariel Saleh, just to name a few. But please, let's not forget that indigenous, global southern women and decolonial feminists and activists have been articulating capitalism's double subordination of gender and the environment since the start of the climate crisis. Lee Merkel, Kim Anderson, Gloria Anzaldúa, Erin Dottie Roy, and Bell Hooks, again, just to name a small handful, have all written on the intersections of gender and ecology. Today, in the face of the climate emergency, ecofeminism is resurging as a theory and a global activist movement. On the front lines of this struggle is the transnational women and feminists for climate justice movement led by indigenous and global southern women. And when it comes to thinking about what a working class socialist ecofeminism looks like, we are very pleased to welcome five young ecofeminist activists here in Lisbon. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce them right now. So with us today, we have Alice Gatto, Ines Telis, Joana Broala, Sara Burahiyai, and one other organizer of the conference, Andrea Galvo. I'm going to just start by kind of opening up a conversation, getting back to the basics, if that's okay, starting at a really foundational level, um, with, with a basic question. So what is an ecofeminist working class politics, which was the name, of the seminar that was held and how does it 
intersect with, well, eco-socialism? First of all, I'm Joana, I'm from the Spanish state, from Barcelona. Uh, I'm a member of Anticapitalistas, a or uh, political organization there. And I believe then when we are talking about ecofeminism as a working class politics, we are trying to uh, expand the idea that working class politics are it's not just uh, for the ones that are in the factories, it's not just for the ones that are talking about feminism, it's to talk about the, all the labor that it's produced in our society, all the forces that produce and reproduce our lives, and as a way to organize its, uh, this, these kinds of work in a, in, a, in a place that it's visible, it's valuable, and it's re recognized as valuable, and also in in the sense that it's a poly, it, they call ecofeminism. It's not just for the ones that are doing the fights or are the ones that are putting their bodies on on the, on the field. It's for the 90 percent of the society that it's not included on the politics of a bourgeois democracies or so on the capitalism form. Of organization. So uh, I'm Ines uh, and I'm from uh, Climaximo in Portugal. I guess I could say that um, when we are um, talking uh, in the climate justice movement, when we are talking about involving the the, the labor movement in uh, in climate justice talks, we're very often talking about uh, climate uh, climate jobs campaigns and trying to speak with uh, with uh, workers in carbon intensive uh, jobs and with uh, the unions associated with these jobs and we very often face like a a huge wall when we are trying to communicate with them uh, so this led us to um, try to think of a different approach to to labor and that's what also uh, that's one of the paths that led us to, to uh, this idea of an eco-feminist working class because we thought that it was insufficient not only in, um, in an organizational way to, to be trying to speak just with these kinds of, uh, of workers but also um, in, um, in our conception of what we want with these kinds of campaigns uh, we don't want just the... the um, the the labor that is being done now to change to something that is uh, green and eco-friendly and that can stop climate uh, change we want it to we want the 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 conception of labor also to to be changed and towards that we need to change the conception we have of care work and reproductive work and metabolic work because that kind of work is what's going to be central in this eco-socialist feminist uh, world that we want to build so uh, we need to make this shift and so we have to center on this work that is needed to care for each other to care for our planet and to be able to build an opposition to, to capitalist exploitation and destruction. So that's one of the paths that led us to think about eco, uh, an eco-feminist working class politics. Wow, thank you for those really clear links between uh, an eco-feminist yeah, working class politics and how it really links to the environment and kind of envisioning a, cl a climate just future. Um, something we, we haven't really done very much in the eco-feminist movement as, as much as we probably should. So would anyone want to um, add a final thought to that? So I'm Alice, I'm also from Climassimo. And 
Well, Joanna and Inés have said wonderful and really clear things. So maybe just to comment on that, I would just like to maybe give a little bit of context of this session um, inside of the whole thing that we are doing here on these encounters. So on these encounters, we proposed to answer to three main questions that are really hard to answer to. And these questions were who will, so who are going to be the subjects of the eco-socialist revolution? How to, so how are we going to um, do the eco-socialist revolution? And where to, so where are we going? What What is the eco-socialist society going to be like? Um, and each of the sessions that we did on these encounters had to answer to at least one of these uh, uh, questions. And our session was supposed to answer to the questions who will and how to. So this is so answering to this question of who will, that's also why we choose the, to focus on the eco-feminist uh, working class. Um, because when we are talking about who will do the eco-socialist revolution, uh, we have to change those um, revolutionary subjects that are so often associated uh, in our heads with socialism and so on, because the revolutionary subjects of eco-socialism in the 21st century are really diverse from what we thought they were before. Um, so we really need to include everyone that is doing reproductive labor, metabolic labor, um, and so on. But also, I think that, well, and then we also talked about statics of how we can organize towards the eco-socialist revolution. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about it further, so I'm not talking it right now. But what, one of the things that our session wasn't supposed to do, but I think that it did, uh, was also give that vision about how is the eco-socialist society going to be. Um, because the international eco-socialist movement really needs a direction, really needs a theory, and I think that eco-feminism needs to be that theory. Well, eco-socialism needs to be that theory, but it needs to be an eco-feminist eco-socialism. So I think that on our session, while we were talking about how can we uh, change these conceptions of work, we're already talking about how is the society going to be because of what Inesh said when we are talking about a climate crisis we are going to face so many emergencies it was extremely hard to organize this event but it was definitely easier than living through climate chaos and it's going to be harder and harder and for us to to face the challenges that climate change brings us, we really need to value care. It's impossible not to. We really need to put life at the center. So I think that this session also gave us a vision of what is the kind of society that we want to. And while we are organizing the eco-socialist eco revolution, we are already shaping the society. Thank you so much for that. Before we, we kind of move on to a, a, another question, can, can someone take a moment to define for the listeners reproductive labor and metabolic labor concisely? I think we will do it among all, all of us in a process, so it will be not just one answer. But I think when we are, for me, there's no clear difference between metabolic and reproductive labor. But in a sense, when we are, we used to, talk about reproductive labor as a way to say we were talking about taking care of people as an inter interdependency kind of work and talking about metabolic labor it puts the other part that it's eco-dependency on all the works that we do as a as a way to say it's not just the ones that you are taking care uh, making the food for your kids uh, having the laundry for all the, the people that with you 
we with the people you live and all that and all that kind of work that it's needed to be recognized and it's it's needed to be visible for all the society also puts the the focus on the people that make sustain uh, sustains uh, agriculture for for instance and all the works that can make the sustainable uh, the sustainability of life in our daily basis I don't want to explain it because I think you did it wonderfully I just want to well use this opportunity to just visualize some of the invisible work that happened on the preparation of this session. So we actually had the wonderful help of Stefania Barca and of Blanca from Observatorio de la Dota y Globalización and also from Ana Isla, which is an ecofeminist from Peru. And we actually did a webinar about ecofeminism as working class politics on the 17th of January. We are going to make it available soon. And Stefania Barca did an amazing explanation of metabolic labor on that webinar. So I really encourage you to see it. I second that. Stefania Barca's work uh, in general on ecofeminist, eco-socialism is, I think, kind of canonical at this point. Like, it's central. So for our listeners, if you want to get more into that, that is definitely an author to uh, focus on all right let's let's move on um, if, if we can so you kind of touched on the session that you all uh, organized um, which heavily focused on something we've already started talking about care and reproductive labor um, as an economy and as a central eco-feminist working-class issue um, it was divided into critically discussing three stat strategies and tactics towards eco-feminist, eco-socialist organizing and potential revolution, maybe even. Um, so we had eco-feminist unionism as one topic, um, care strike as another, and care national system. Um, I was wondering if um, if you could expand on what you on what you led. During the, the session, I was involved in the discussion about um, the, the um, ecofeminist unionism, and this came up as something uh, because, like, we were trying to imagine what ecofeminist unionism could look like. Some people were confused about the notion. For me, it was it seemed more or less. Um, clear what what it would be but i guess it's it's still a bit uh, uh, a discussion that needs to be made uh, so like we since we were thinking about uh, questioning this concept of working class this traditional concept of working class and thinking of an eco-feminist working class and since unionism is like a historical uh, very very important tool for for labor uh, struggles um it's must be important probably with an eco-feminist working class also. Uh, but we, um, we were questioning ourselves if these unions would be something that would come out from already existing unions, uh, if it uh, they would be something that would organize totally anew uh, from, from roots, uh, if um, what kinds of, um, of demands should they organize around? Because we all uh, agreed that we needed strong demands that would aggregate people and touch in, uh, in, uh, specifically in people uh, in specific contexts and unite us 
so that we could then also be united to discuss further what we wanted from this um, from this eco-feminist unionis uh, unionism and uh, politics and so we agreed that this could be something like for example um, the, the kind of range of, of care incomes or basic incomes, something related to uh, reduction of working hours, something really specific that wasn't necessarily in itself just an eco-feminist um, demand, but that could be aggregating and uh, um, move us towards, move us further for, for developing this, uh, this eco-feminist uh, working class. I would I, I would think of more things, but maybe I would pass to to my comrades now. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen to Ines. I think that one one of the principal things that we have to have in mind when we are talking about ecofeminism is that it's a look, it's kind, it's a way of approaching a theory that can be Marx, uh, Marxist materialism in our case. But uh, we are just talking not not of a, a specific thing. It's a kind of a way of re, uh, of creating relationships and uh, re, uh, organizing ourselves and be able to uh, reach power as, as a way to say and it's not just that there's an eco-feminist point of view of an, an eco-feminism uh, I don't know demand that it's really concrete when we are talking about eco-feminism as it happens with eco-socialism we also talking about how house movements we are talking about tenants movements we are talking about union trades movement we are talking about workers movement we are talking a lot in in a broader sense that it's that we are talking about life about the movements that are defending life in a in a moment that life is in danger by a, a system that destroys life So it's our tactics, we put the name of ecofeminism to be able to recognize that this is our point of view and that's where we are creating the base for uh, care work, uh, care, care strikes, uh, women's march and it's, kind, it's to be adding something that we sometimes miss on that places and I think it's kind of a clue and I'm not talking about the tactic I, I was on the group but I think when we were saying about uh, I was on the group of national care systems and I think national care systems were a demand from feminist movement but also are a demand of eco-feminist movement as a, as a way that it's a thing that makes people uh, it's, it's a transitional demand as a way to reach other people as a way to organize ourselves in a different ways inside the system but also outside the system and it's a way to create alternative narratives on a system that doesn't uh, doesn't acknowledge doesn't believe that care is work sara uh, from ecologistas uh, yeah i just wanted to add uh, they already uh, explained it very good i i'm just still learning about the this eco socialist uh, femi eco feminist socialist movement uh, but i think the one of the main points for me is like is questioning the system is questioning the how unions are working right now which points uh, the unions have and how they tend to forget a lot of people and for me like the to have this conversation to sit and think about uh, 
uh, which jobs we have right now, which kind of jobs we want in the future, how we organize this job, and how they are uh, usually not um, in the unions. Like they are not. We don't talk about the reproductive labor. We don't. We don't think about reproductive as labor. We think like uh, this is care and it's free because <laughs> it is what it is. So I think it's um, a very good point to start, just because I think like it's for me the main point from to understand the world and who sustain the world and how our relationship with nature and how we can change that and maybe just ha give an alternative so once we have the alternative once we have the ability to imagine we have the the tools to start to work in towards it so for me it was really great i learned a, a lot in these encounters and i still wanted to to learn more but i think like this is not only as the name can uh, make things like only for women, it's for the whole system, it's for everyone. It's just to change the point of view and see like where the jobs, where the work uh, is starting and what we can do to, to change that. Hi, uh, I'm Andrea and I'm organizing the, the encounters as Bloc Esquerda. Um, and yeah, what I think it's really interesting to when we start talking about ecofeminism, but more broadly about eco-socialism, is this idea that I, it came up in some conversations that we were having like during dinners or conversa informal conversations about creating a new common sense, uh, about the idea of questioning our bullshit jobs or the post-capitalist society that makes us work many hours for jobs that mean nothing, for products that are superficial and mean absolutely nothing and are, are garbage and that will deteriorate in a very little time and at the same time we have essential work that is free. Um, so I think that questioning that logic is very interesting and it really subverts the point of view from where we are looking at society and even at uh, the working class because there is still this uh, homogenous idea of who the working class is and it's exactly like Joana was saying, it's the men that are white and that work in the factories in the 19th century and we know that the working class today looks very differently and has other bonds that are not only the fact that people are workers but that they are workers and they are women, that they are workers and they are eco-socialists and that they are women and that they are uh, black women or that they are trans women and all these things come together. It's, and it's interesting, like even when we are talking about eco-feminism, the need that we have to broaden our lens like even we have like my university we can be speaking about uh, feminism and uh, the second wave of feminism and French feminism at the same time the people who clean the faculty are black women that arrive at six in the morning and that leave are black women that are that leave late and that do all the reproductive the productive work and at the same time we are talking about uh, an invisible labor like theoretically but we are not recognizing and I think that the need to have this conversation is to have a broader and fairer understanding of the world that we live and how we can subvert the relations, the relations of oppression uh, that we face. And with this, I also think it's very interesting to think of the role of care in struggle. Uh, like Angela Davis talks about this a lot, but the idea that when we struggle, like freedom is a constant struggle, that when we struggle, we should also try to create places of liberation and emancipation where people are happy because sometimes struggle is all we have uh, and the world is violence but through fighting it we can find a common ground and I think that care is essential to that, to creating a space where we are happy, we are fulfilled and we are struggling together. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing that intersectionalist approach that was also so prominent within the session um, and an eco-feminist working class politic that is focused on not only gender, not only class, but also race and also other mar marginalized uh, categories, um, including sexuality. So, um, and also the point uh, with with um, who's cleaning in, in the mornings uh, around invisible labor and at night as well, um, and the importance of, of, of that invisibilized, invisibilized labor um, during COVID, of course, right? When we kind of glorified this essential worker category and started really thanking the essential work workers while still kind of sacrificing that <laughs> then when they were coming in in the morning and cleaning the classrooms of the schools when COVID was happening. Um, that was another focus in the session that I thought was really important that I think we're being really critical and trying to bring visibility to. So thank you that for all of those fantastic comments. The last um, the last uh, kind of category that you all focused on in the session was uh, care strike. Can we concisely talk about that before we move along? Maybe before I talk about the care strike, just to talk about like these different tactics, because I was thinking about it right now, is that initially we thought about doing different tactics of ways of organizing the eco-feminist working class, but I think we ended up doing something different. And now I was thinking about the three categories that we chose, and we were supposed to have more and we were prepared to have more, but these were the three that ended up with. So the eco-feminist unionism, the care strike and the care national system. And I'm thinking that all of them can also go together. So care strike is a tactic, but eco-feminist eco unionism is a way of organizing and care national system is a program and you can combine all of them. Um, and I think that all of them bring an important aspect to the table, that is, when we were talking about ecofeminist unionism, you need this concept because the current concept of unionism that you have does not encompass uh, all the workers. And well, now we were talking about this and there is reproductive labor that uh, you are paid for, um, but there is also labor that is not reproductive and that is not unionizable. And these people still do jobs and they still need to fight for the, those jobs. So on the session we looked at different work categories that people do in our societies and there are a lot of works that are unionizable and a lot of works that aren't unionizable but are still work and people that are doing it and they have no way of fighting for their jobs. So I think that's why we need to think about ecofeminist unionism is because of how can we encompass those workers that cannot fight for their rights. Um, and I think that's also a way of thinking about the care strike because usually when you have when you think about strikes in tra traditional sense um, in a traditional sense the people that um, decide when the strike is going to be traditionally is the man that works at the factory while the woman is at home cleaning uh, everything and cooking dinner for when the man comes back from the union's meeting. And then while the man goes on striking, okay, I'm talking this like in a really traditional sense, but when the man goes on striking, he can go on striking because the woman is at home caring for the children and so on. So I think that the, the care strike is also a way of um, encompassing the people that should be striking and could not be striking. But a lot of things that arise during our session that were really interesting is that when you are doing care strike, the people that are being impacted by the care strike are the people that are dependent on care and that have no fault of what's happening, most of the cases. <laughs> um, but I think that, well, this 
It has a lot of contradictions, of course, but it's a new and exciting tactic. And one of the things that we we realized while we were talking about the the potential the potentiality of the care strike is that if you are able to do I don't know a big care strike for a long period of time, the impacts are going to be completely disruptive. Though. Like it's like the motto of the feminist strike: if women stops, the world stops. And I think this is would be a really interesting thing to see. At the same time, there are a lot of issues that need to be figured out. And one of the things that we are talking about on the session of how to improve the care strike is also creating alternative organizations or ways of organization where people that usually do not do reproductive labor are doing the reproductive labor so that, so that the people that do it can strike. And each time you do a care strike, you get demands that make that more people can come to the next strike because people are less dependent of them, but they are still dependent, but the care is more distributed. So I think that this tactic can also be a way of organizing society and redistributing care work, but we still need to think a lot about it. And I think that one thing that is common about all of these tactics is that, and all of these ways of organizing and all of these programs, is that they are so new, like they are recent ideas and they have so much room for improvement and for exciting growth. There's a saying in Spanish, in Spanish language, it is Queremos trabajar menos, vivir mejor, redistribuir el trabajo y la riqueza. I think that these words are, also, are the meaning of what we are saying right now, that is, we want to be able to have lives, not just go to the wor work and then do our work at, at, uh, uh, to be able to, uh, our, in, the, in the next day, go to work and all that uh, this cycle that never ends, as a way to say it. We also want that everybody is recognized for their, for their jobs, for their work they are doing in the society, but also we want that it's not just on a gender basis or a race basis or a, trans or a national basis how it's distributed the work. We want it to believe that there's other, other ways to, uh, to organize our labor that it's needed in our societies. And we know it's not just based on operations, that way of organizing work, and also the idea of if everything, ha if everything can, can be modified, if everything can be transformed as a way, it's because there's, there's a lot of needs that right now are not being, um, I will have a problem with the language right now, <laughs> I are not satisfied and we need to be them satisfied. We need, we need right now to be able to think that there are people that live with a lot of necessity covers, about a lot of commodities in their lives, and people that right now, are, they, not, they don't have satisfied their needs. And we are fighting for these people to be able to be satisfied their needs, but not just their needs, to be able to have a life. One commonality between all of you is that, um, and it's, it's striking, is that you're all youth climate activists um, focusing on eco-feminist solutions to the climate crisis. Um, I was wondering, uh, what is the importance of eco-feminism to the youth climate movement? Um, and what is the potential of eco-feminism politicizing and radicalizing some parts of the youth climate movement towards system change? I have a lot of things to say about the youth climate movement. <laughs> Please. So don't get me started. This is no. the space. <laughs> no, but I, I think there, 
there needs to happen there needs to be a paradigm shift in the youth climate movement and we just had today a session about the youth movement that was called youth movement radical and eco-socialist um, and some of the conclusions were in that sense that we were talking about Fridays for Future mainly, but uh, we were talking about our demands and also, Joana, we talked about this, the idea that when we demand, we, do, we don't demand anything, so people give us nothing. So we are demanding climate justice, which means nothing. We are demanding approaching the system, which also can mean nothing, or intersectionality, which can, can be, mean anything and nothing at the same time. And people give us nothing. They say, okay, we declare climate emergency. Okay, we declare climate justice. Okay, we declare that we're intersectional. So I really think that there should be a bigger focus on struggling and on vulnerable communities and even in modifying the paradigm of thinking about future. Like the, the movement, the main movement is called Fridays for Future and we are uh, striking and struggling for, the, for, our, for our present and also for our past, for a redistribution, for um, guaranteeing that the, what happened is told as what really happened, that we are telling the stories of colonialism, of oppression. Um, so I think in that sense, eco-feminism as eco-socialism is essential to this idea that society, society needs to rapidly change, but it's possible to, to have a program that is for everyone, that is fair, that is socialist, uh, but takes the limits of the planet into consideration. And with that, that looks at the vulnerable communities, which and it's is able to look at the gender division of labor and the gender division of society and how the movement in itself when it doesn't take that into consideration is an instrument to maintain uh, that oppression just one thing that i was thinking that is really interesting about the concept of ecofeminism is that you have been demanding feminism different feminisms um for over decades and we haven't gotten there and one thing that is interesting about putting together uh, climate justice and feminist, and feminist demands which go perfectly well together as we have seen is that now you have a time and you have a deadline to have feminism you have until 2030 so I think this is really exciting for the eco-feminism and also it puts pressure on the youth movement and I think it's a good pressure. <laughs> I would uh, add something um, about the potential for um, creating uh, bridges of solidarity um, that comes from an eco-feminist uh, approach. Because um, when you're sometimes thinking about uh, traditional uh, approaches to labor, they are very focused on, um, on this kind of uh, so-called productive labor sectors and but they are they they stay a, a bit atomized because you have the 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 fights that for example transport uh, transportation workers are going through and the the struggles that uh, fossil fuel workers are going through and that um, service workers are going through and they they're all closed on each other's um, uh, struggles but when you add this um, approach of eco-feminism you realize that um, 
all of the all of these sectors contain people who are doing also reproductive labor they contain people who maybe are also working uh, part-time on a, an informal economy contain people there are also uh, maybe activists for example and fighting in their communities against uh, extractivism and uh, fighting uh, against the climate crisis also and and so this creates a, a common link between all of these uh, sectors that transcends this this idea of this uh, of uh, of normal labor and that uh, unites them and cre creates the potential for a, a mobilization across uh, every kind uh, of sector of work and uh, towards uh, a common goal and when you are thinking about um, the climate justice movement you you really need this kind of, of of union and this kind of potential to create strong alliances across sectors and uh, across communities and um, and and this potential for like healthcare workers being uh, for example mobilizing in solidarity with uh, mothers or with uh, fossil fuel uh, sector workers and all of that and I think that that idea is very important uh, and is something that can be can be deepened with this ecofeminist approach so we we have two minutes but I'm gonna really quickly ask a question related to internationalism and an eco-feminist internationalism um, and for some context for eco-feminist links between the subordination of women and the environment are rooted in what we sometimes call the capitalist patriarchy which we know is racial and colonial um, that's a global economic system embedded with the long history of gender oppression and exploitation racial exploitation class exploitation sexual exploitation. Leading ecofeminist scholars and activists Vandana Shiva and Maria Mize, they describe the capitalist patriarchy as a world structure in the north that dominates the south and men dominate women through a profit-driven global economy, which today, you know, 20 years on, we can nuance the term men in these binary categories, but, you know, just to build on some of the foundational ecofeminist work. If there is this global capitalist patriarchy, and we know as women from different positionalities and backgrounds that we're all disproportionately impacted, but very, very differently, um, how do we approach a internationalist ecofeminism um, knowing that we have these complicated histories? Yeah, for me, I'm... I, I don't believe that there needs to be something like global because usually global means something from the north and then implant in the south. I think that we need to have alliance, we need to have like this uh, networking, we need to, but we need to take in consideration that there are so many realities even if in, within one country I cannot imagine like the whole world so we cannot ex expect like something we are created here in the global north to to be followed by the global south so uh, maybe we can have a lot of encounters we need to learn uh, about each other we need to like have this common theory but leave uh, spaces for for everyone to i don't know to to go wherever they want with the with the tool they have yeah i totally agree i think that there is a problem in thinking that there's a globalist solution to all the problems uh, and that we can e approach a, a, with a model of one size fits all. 
Um, but I think that at the same time we truly need internationalism because capitalism organizes internationally and we must struggle and fight also internationally and build tools of and build networks, build tools, build relationships of trust and political propositions that take all these experiences in all these different... Maybe it's because we have so many different contexts that we need uh, to create stronger alliances uh, because we can have a broader view of society and we, we have a better chance of envisioning a post-capitalist world and a world that exists after the... and that is able to confront the climate crisis and create new realities and new possibilities. That's a great... Do you want to add one final thing? Yeah, I, I just want to add that when we're talking about creating an eco-feminism international, internationalism, it's not just talking about the ones that has the, the uh, eco-feminism uh, as a as a mark, as a way to say it, it's, it's talking about all the communities that are doing what we consider or what we acknowledge to be ecofeminism on their own terms and in their own expressions. This means talking about uh, communitarian feminism, it's me it means talking about feminism that happens in the rural, rural, rural areas. It's being difficult to be all the time speaking in English, You're so I great. hope the listeners will appreciate yes, that. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, we do. And the idea of that feminism and all the kinds of women organizations and the subaltern organizations can be doing ecofeminism politics, can be in uh, ecofeminism internationalism. And I think it's really valuable to be able to understand that ecofeminism could be a category that wor works for us here in the global north, but maybe it will ha has another name, another structure, and another way of uh, creating alliances, creating programs, and uh, improving our lives in other coordinates. That is a, a, an amazing place to stop. I'd like to thank all of you and the amazing work you're doing. Um, I think we can maybe conclude today that we're coming out strong, visioning uh, an eco-socialist, eco-feminist, internationalism, and thank you again for taking the time. Thank you.